Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. With me, please, to the book of Mark, the sixth chapter. I won't preach long. I understand that we went long on the praise and worship. But you know what? It's Sunday night. And for those of you on medication, it's 6.53. So... If you praise the Lord, you might get healed. All right, Mark chapter 6, I'll begin reading with verse, let's begin reading with verse 35. And when the day was far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desert place. Already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country, the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Jesus is there, and they're saying, We don't have anything. And he answered and said to them, you give me, and, and they, sent, they said, send them away that they'll go find something. We have nothing to eat. Verse 37, and he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. They said to him, shall we go buy 200 denelli worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on green grass. And we know from another story, another account in John 6 of this, that they got those uh, five loaves and two fish from a lad, a young boy, a child, that had, his mother had packed him a lunch. He noticed a strange instruction, verse 39, he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups of green grass, so they sat down in ranks of hundreds and fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, he blessed and he broke the loaves, and he gave them to his disciples to set before them, and the two fish he divided among them, and so they all ate and were filled. And they took up twelve basketful of fragment, frag, fragrance, uh, fragments of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. Notice that. And immediately, verse 45, he made his disciples, he commanded his disciples, one translation says, to get in the boat, go to the other side. Notice verse 52. For they did not consider the loaves because their heart was hard-hearted. I'll bring all of this together in just a moment. I want to talk to you about this story The Bible said 5,000 men had gathered, not counting the women and the children. Notice it was just 5,000 men, and then it says, and women and children besides in another place. And that's important. 5,000 gathered, total then of a minimum of 15,000. Desert place, Jesus has amassed this massive crowd. In Deuteronomy, he said, that you shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of my mouth. These people went out into the country a day's journey knowing they didn't have food. They didn't have fast food or anything to grocery stores to eat at. They went out there literally fulfilling the scripture in Deuteronomy, you shall not live by bread alone. They said, if we've got to choose between the word or bread, we'll take the word. And they were willing to go hungry for the word of God. It's pretty amazing. And when they discovered at the end of the day, the Bible said the people in one, one of the other accounts of this story said the people were famished, the people were weary, the people were, uh, um, you know, just drained from sitting there all day, nothing to eat. 
And the scripture said, Jesus asked them, what do you have? First point, miracles always begin with what you have. When you recognize what you have, then God can multiply it. As long as you're wishing you had something that somebody else has or what other people have and giftings and talents that other people have and you're not recognizing what you have, God will never multiply what you have until you recognize what you have. Say, I have something. Say, I have giftings from God. I have talents from God. I have favor from God. I have blessings from God. And I recognize. See, the miracle starts when you recognize what you have, then God can multiply. And somebody said, we found a lad, a boy, who had two fish. And when it says five loaves, it would mean five pieces of bread. He had five pieces of bread and two fish. Notice that the one that they didn't count, because they only counted 5,000 men, men only counted. The women and children, did, they did not bother to count. But notice the one that they didn't count was the one who was carrying the potential for the miracle. Second point, God uses people that other people don't count. Others may discount you as unimportant, insignificant unattractive, not good enough, you're a loser, you're from the wrong family, you're from the wrong race, you're from the wrong this or that, or whatever they want to use to discount you. But God uses people that other people don't count. Oh, I love that. You, you may have messed up in your life and now society has marked you and said you don't even count anymore. You're the very one that God will raise up and use the greatest. People may discount you, but God counts you. Jesus commanded, then He gave a strange command. He said, give me the lunch. And He said to them, divide this group of 5,000 men plus women and children into groups of 50s, 50 people to 100 people. What a strange thing. They're already famished. They're hungry. They're weary. They're ready to eat. And Jesus slows everything down. And He says, do you know how long that would take to count out 50 people right here, small group right here. Now let's go over here by the rocks and all you people, 50 of you come over here and uh, 50 over here and 50 over here. Isn't that crazy? What's going on here? See, you got to understand something that the best miracles take time. The best miracles cannot be driven by need, by necessity, by hunger. If you're in desperate need tonight and, it, and, and nothing's happening, it must be that God's about to give you one of the best miracles. Because I'm going to tell you from experience, the best miracles in my life, we're a microwave generation, but we serve a pot, crock pot God. And, and, and you can always know that when you really need God to do something and He doesn't do it, the best miracles take Time. Sometimes you have to get order and structure. Notice, you know, have you ever seen these, uh, these, I know when we go to Haiti and we feed people, they have to get security to control the crowd or they will rush. I've been there. I'm telling you, I've seen this firsthand. They will rush. The people are so hungry, so desperate. They will rush the trucks. And so they have to have order. They have to have a system. Notice what Jesus is teaching, that sometimes you've got to have order and structure to receive the magnitude of the blessing God has for you. That you need structure that can sustain the magnitude of the blessing. 
that when God's going to bless you, why would God bless you with more if you're mishandling what you... God doesn't give you what you ask for. He gives you what you can manage. And if you're not managing the $50,000 or the $20,000 or the $100,000 that you're making now, if you're mismanaging that, don't ask God for more because He doesn't give you what you ask for. He gives you what you manage well. I know when I first started pastoring Free Chapel, I, I asked God for thousands of people. And I'm so thankful that He didn't send them because had He sent them, I did not have the structure to handle it. I could not have handled the resources. I did not have the staff. I did not have the people. Many times we're asking God for silly stuff and He says, when I see you get a structure ready for what you're asking me for and you can handle the magnitude of my blessing, then I will pour out a blessing you won't have room enough to receive. But you've got to have a structure. Then this is my favorite part. The Bible said that He took the fish and the loaves and... He blessed it. He became grateful even when what he had, he, he, he was, listen to this, he's blessing something that is not enough. He knows it's not enough, but his attitude is, I'm not unthankful for what I've got that is not enough. I will praise God for what I've got. This is where miracles begin. You're waiting on the finished miracle before you get some joy in your soul, but you need to be thankful when something is not enough. Be grateful even when what you have is not enough until you can be thankful for something that is not enough, then what you have cannot be multiplied into more than enough. This job is not what I wanted. Be thankful for what's not enough. Well, I'm telling you, I, you know, this house, I hate this apartment. I just hate it. Be thankful for what is not enough. The miracle begins when you become grateful for what you have and you start thanking the Lord. For, now, look in your mind right now, don't you? Some of you drove up in a car and, and it's, it's puffing smoke out in the parking lot. It's, it's, it's raggedy. But when's the last time you said, God, I thank you for what is not enough? Because miracles start, when you start thanking God for what is not enough, then He can multiply it into more than enough. Let's thank Him for everything in our life that's really a little, it's not enough. You'll never get multiplication as long as you're ungrateful. When you become thankful for what He has done. Now watch this. He took it. He thanked God for obviously what was not enough to meet the massive need that He had. After He did, after he did that, the, the inventory was the same. Two fish, five pieces of bread. Watch where the miracle starts. The Bible said, and when he took the bread and the fish, he broke them. Jesus, he broke them. And when he broke them and started handing it to the disciples, Jesus didn't feed the hungry. He broke it and gave it to his disciples. And it's at this point that we start losing count. Up until that point, the inventory was two fish and five loaves. But when he starts breaking it and... It, we lose count. We lose count. We lose. Where's it? My God, there it is again. There it is. There it is again. There it is again. There it is again. The blessing is in the breaking. It's when he broke it that he began to lose count. That which refuses to be broken 
Lord, help me to get this out. That which refuses to be broken refuses to be blessed. It is the breakings of life that produces the greatest blessings of life. The most blessed people I've ever met in my life have gone through something that broke them. And until you can be trusted with going through a season of brokenness, God knows you cannot handle the blessing. It's the blessing is in the breaking. The blessing is in the breaking. The more he broke it, the more it multiplied. Every time he broke it, it multiplied in his hands. Have you thanked God for every time he broke you? Every time he snapped you? Every time you, he wasn't killing you. He was blessing you every time he broke you. Every time you were rejected. Every time you were disappointed. Every time you thought that big door was coming and it just broke you that it didn't. He was preparing you for the blessing. Every time you were alienated, every time you were cursed, every time you were talked about, every time broken homes, broken hearts, broken marriages, broken dreams, broken hopes, the greatest blessings come out of the hardest breakings. He fed the multitude through the breaking process. Now watch, Jesus, this is so important. Jesus does not feed the multitude He breaks it and he puts it in the hands of his disciples and they go and feed the multitude. In other words, he breaks it and he gives it to his disciples. It passed through their hands. It did not come from his hands, their hands. It passed through the disciples' hands, but it did not come from... You better get this right. If God starts blessing you, you better always remember... It's not coming from your hand. It's coming through your hand. It's coming from the blessings of Jesus and the goodness of the Lord on your life. And everything that you have, it's not your super duper talent. It's just that God has favored you and it's coming from Jesus through you. And you ought to, you ought to be a real worshiper when we're singing when I think of His goodness, and you ought to be, I don't care what kind of car you drive, I don't care what neighborhood you live in, you ought to be the very one that understands my hands did not get me this blessing. This is coming from Jesus going through me and I can use it to bless other people. Come on and take a praise break and thank Him for every blessing that's passing through your hands even as I preach. Mm. Now, this is the part of the story that I, that I don't understand completely. Because God is a master chef. A good chef, you can tell them, fix for 300 people. And they know, they know, they know how much food to do. You know, I went through Chick-fil-A the other day. And Sharice wanted a biscuit. And, and that's true. You thought, I'm not throwing her under the bus. There's no shame in that. See, we don't have the issues y'all have in Southern California. We eat a biscuit and enjoy it. You have issues. You, you have to go get some yogurt or something. We, we like stuff like that, where I come from. Excuse me. No shame. But she wanted a biscuit. She wanted a biscuit from Chick-fil-A. And it was 1035. 
They stop serving. If you don't know this, I'm going to help you. They stop serving biscuits at 1030. And we pull up at 1035 and I said to the speaker thing there, I said, is it too late to get a biscuit? And the girl said, no, we have two left. And I t- turned to Sharice and I said, we need to hire these people. When we th- have a meal at our church, we, 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 take, we give the Salvation Army, everybody. It's so much, but, but they've got it down. A good chef knows how many people to cook for. The Bible said that God has a book. God's good with numbers. He has a book called the Book of Numbers. Uh, think about this. When he fed the children of Israel in the wilderness for 40 years, the Bible said that he delivered the manna, something called manna, cooked in the bakeries of heaven, delivered it at their tent every morning, and it was just enough food, just enough food to feed everybody in the house. And if they didn't eat their whole meal, they could not store it up for the next day because worms would get in it. God knew exactly there's two and a half million people and God is such a chef that when he cooked the food, it was just enough for... He wanted them to stay totally dependent on him. So, so there they are, just enough. Give me this day my daily bread. And they're only getting enough for that day because God's such a precise cook. But when Jesus performed the miracle, he knew when he hit 5,000 men, 5,000, whatever the number was of women whatever the number was of children, and he knew when he could have cut it off and stopped and there wouldn't have been one bit of leftovers. But for some reason, after he knew they had all ate until they were full. Hmm. The Bible said for some reason, he stopped, he didn't stop breaking the bread, but he kept on And there were leftovers. He purposely designed that there would be leftovers. Jesus could have been precise. He could have stopped on exactly the right amount of food to feed that group of people. But he chose, this is so important, he chose to give them overflow. Don't let anybody tell you that Jesus just wants you to have enough. His name is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. And El Shaddai means more than enough. Why would anyone whose name is more than enough want to stop at not enough? Hallelujah. David said, my cup runneth over. If you go out to eat tonight and your waiter walks over and you got your glass and they start pouring tea sweet tea, into your glass. If they keep pouring it and pouring it and it just starts running over, you, you'd think, well, this, this guy's blind. But you serve a God that says, I am not limited to the size of the container that you have for my blessing that I will pour you out a blessing you won't have room enough to receive and it will overflow my cup run it over. I'm, I, I'm young, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. He's a God of overflow. Jesus says at the end of the story, I'm coming to a close in a few minutes, but just hang in there. He said, now gather up the fragments. No, don't, don't go to the music yet. Oh, I thought they were going for the music. It's okay. 
to go in the bathroom. <laughs> Jesus said, gather up the fragments. Watch the genius of Jesus. He knew what they were about to go into. The Bible said immediately after they gathered 12 bags of leftover food. What are you going to do with leftover fish and bread? Fish that's been out in the hot Mediterranean sun. Half of it's broken off. They picked up. Somebody ate the, the top down to the bottom half of the fish. They threw it in the bag. Somebody ate half the piece of bread and throw it. It's leftovers. It's not to eat. They put it in the boat. And Jesus commanded them, now go to the other side. And I'm not getting on the boat. You're going by yourself. But go to the other side. And they put the 12 baskets of food on there, not to eat. Jesus was warning them. That's why the Bible said when He came to them walking on the water, He was so disappointed, not that they were in the storm, that they did not consider the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. You had it on the boat. How can you get in a brand new storm after the miracle I just gave you on the shore? Now you're in a brand new storm and you're freaking out. And I, I put leftovers of the previous miracle on your boat wanting you to tell your future about your past. To remind yourself of the previous miracle that you just saw on the shore. And if I'm God of the shore, I'm God of the raging sea. That if I could do that, I can certainly handle, especially when you're in the middle of the storm by divine direction. He constrained them to get into the boat. He commanded them, you go get in the boat. They were there by divine instruction. When you get in a storm, it's not the judgment of God. It's not God getting you back from your past. He did that to Jesus on the cross. If you're in a storm, it's by divine instruction. And you're supposed to reach down and get some breadcrumbs. You ought to smell your, smell your fingers. They smell like fish. Look at the breadcrumbs all over your shirt, man. You just finished eating from God's table. He spread a table in the wilderness and now you're in the ocean and you think he's not God of the ocean and you just saw him conquer the wilderness? Now, I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight, but I've just come to remind you that God has been faithful to you or you wouldn't be sitting here tonight. And why are you worrying? Why are you stressing? Jesus can walk on what you're worrying with. Jesus can walk on what you're worrying about. And I've got good news for you tonight. What Jesus was wanting to teach us through this story is sometimes you've got to reach back into your history. Your power is not in where you are. It's in where you've been. There's just something about when you've gone through things. There's a confidence you carry 
And it's not in where you are, it's in where you've been. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the only reason He gave them leftovers was so they would remember where He brought them from. A lot of you know a lot about now, but you forgot about then. A lot of you are concerned greatly about your present trial or danger. And you need to reach down and get some breadcrumbs of the previous miracle and say, now wait a minute. I know this is scary, but I know one thing. God didn't bring me this far to let me go under and be defeated. He's got a plan, like she said, He's got a plan for my life. And if Jesus, I love, I love the fact that the Bible said, and Jesus would have passed them by if somebody hadn't cried out. But I don't see that only as a negative. In other words, Jesus was saying, I have already put on your boat what you need to get you through all by yourself. If you can't do it, I'll come. But I would prefer to go on over there to the other side because I know you're going to make it. And I'm saying to every one of you here tonight that every now and then you need to eat the leftovers and remember where God brought you from so that you'll be reminded of where He's able to take you to. Lift up your hands. Don't let anybody praise God for you. Every blessing that's come into your life didn't come from your hand. It came through your hand. And I want you to honor God for just a moment and remind yourself in every need. Maybe you got a bad report. Maybe you're facing some things at work. Maybe you're dealing with some situations that cause you to tremble a little bit. But remember and tell your future about your past. Say, I will not fear now because I remember when I didn't have a job. I remember when I didn't know what I was going to do. And God has been good to me. Stand up on your feet all over this room. You receive this tonight? I said, do you receive this tonight? Where's the miracle start? What's in your hand? What have you got? Would you just take whatever you've got? And would you hold it up before the Lord, which is your praise and your faith? And would you say, Lord, I'm putting it all in your hands tonight. Glory to God. God, I thank you that the best miracles take a little time. So don't be impatient for the Lord to work. You will reap if you don't faint. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Let's throw our hands up and take a moment and just worship God. Lord, we pray. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.